The Antichrist is in the world right now. Different denominations and Christian traditions have talked about this. And I'm here to tell you that it's actually real. And I'm going to tell you who it is today. Revelations 12 one says a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. All scholars agree that this is alluding to Mary. But notice it says... Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its head. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child in the moment he was born. Here is a picture of what is being described. It's important that we understand what is happening here. I asked the team to erase this. Robbie, thank you. It's a little crooked. I'm going I'm to erase this. As we've been talking about since the first week, we've been talking about the two realms. The spiritual realm, and probably this is not going to be any better. In the physical realm. It's important that you understand for today, what we're talking about is at the beginning of time, Adam and Eve sinned against God. So we don't know when this was. I believe that there were initially created human beings. How that happened, I don't know. When that happened, I don't know. But the one thing we all cannot disagree on is the fact that this world is messed up as a result of our own creation. Adam and Eve sinned, and so what is being described right now in chapter 12 is God's plan to reconcile the world again, to save the world. And so there is this immediate image of this woman with stars around her head, standing on the moon, And this dragon that is going to eat the child as soon as it's born. And what is being conveyed here, and we know that this happened, but there's not very uh, clear description of it in, in the New Testament, is that as soon as Adam and Eve sinned, God put a plan in place. And that plan was he was going to be born through a woman And his death was going to reconcile the world to him. And that started the second after Adam and Eve sinned. We see hints of that later in the Old Testament. In the book of um, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. God starts hinting that this is going to happen. But the question is, in chapters 12 and 13 is, how is Satan going to stop that? And today, we're talking specifically about his strategy. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God into his throne, and the woman fled in the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God. And you see this allusion to Matthew chapter 2, Jesus 
fleeing with Mary and Joseph to go to Egypt. Remember reading that? At some point after this happened, it says war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought back against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was not strong enough and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon, and now it is defined, the great dragon was hurled down, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the world astray. And so we see in Revelations 12, three battles. There was a war in heaven. There was, upon Jesus' birth... The baby that was born. A second battle. Herod. The attempt by Satan to kill the baby. And then Jesus' crucifixion. His attempt. To crucify. Well, if you can go to page five. There are three clear wars that have taken place to stop God's plan to save you and me. War in heaven, war to kill the baby, crucify. And what has happened now is that there is now a change in strategy. A change in strategy takes place. And this is where we come into it. Up to this point, Satan is trying to stop who? Jesus, the dragon, is trying to stop Jesus. So it's one, two, one. After the crucifixion, it's Satan against who? All of us, right? One versus everyone. And that necessitates a strategy change which ought to be frightening to every single person here, especially to those of you who are parents. Satan tells us that he knows his time is short. Revelations 12, 12 on page six. Woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has gone down to you. He's filled with fury because he knows his time is short. So he couldn't stop Jesus. So his strategy shifts now, in other words, to stop us from participating in God's plan. And that's the start of Revelation 13. It says the dragon stood on the shore of the sea and I saw a beast coming out of the sea. So the dragon, beast, is the dragon, Satan, the beast arises. It says, the dragon stood on the shore of the sea, and I saw a beast coming out of the sea. It had ten hordes and seven heads, with ten crowns on its horns, and each had a blasphemous name. And the beast I saw remembered a lep- or resembled a leopard, but had feet like those of a bear in the mouth of that of a lion. Now, it's really hard to picture this with a lot of these images, so I found this drawing right here. That's the beast. <laughs> Jerry Jones, owner of the Cowboys. We all agree that is the beast. No, no, that's not the beast. This is what is being described right here. That's the beast. I want you to notice in verse 2, what happens with the dragon and the beast. 
It says in verse 2 that the dragon gave the beast his power, throne, and authority. Power, throne, authority. What does that mean? Dragon of the beast has power, throne, and authority, and one of the heads of the beast seemed to have a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was filled with wonder and followed the beast. People worshiped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast. They also worshiped the beast and asked, Who is like the beast? Who can wage war against the beast? And it says the beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise its authority for 42 months. You're starting to see in the book of Revelations, numbers are symbolic. It opened its mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and its dwelling place. The purpose of the beast is to do what? To slander God, to stop this plan. To hurt the people who are, as it will see in a second, who was given power to war, wage war against God's holy people in verse 7, and to conquer them. It was given authority over every tribe, people, and language. So all the inhabitants of the earth worship the beast. All whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life. This is important for those of you who are watching and those of you who are here in person. Those of you who have walked in the middle of the service and you're like, what is this all about? You need to understand that there are two people on the planet. There are people whose names have been written in the Lamb's book of life. People who have made Jesus the leader and the forgiver of their lives. And there are people that haven't. The people who haven't are primarily affected by the beast. And then John adds, this calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of God's people. And then look what happens. There are lots of churches that talk about the Antichrist, the beast. Oh, look, a second beast came about. Verse 11, bam, yes, thank you. You need to come here every week and sit right there. I saw a second beast coming out of the earth that had two horns like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. It exercised all the authority of the first beast on, on its behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast. So there was a second beast that arose that made people worship the first one. And it performed great signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth. And so, again, this is a difficult picture to imagine. So here are the two beasts, right? Actually, that's the wrong book. Wrong book. Here, next one. Here's the picture that I want you to see. There's the dragon in red, the first beast, and the second beast, you will see, is waging war against the people in the picture, causing them to worship the first beast. The second beast was given power to give breath to an image of the first beast so that the image could speak and cause all those who refused to worship the image to be killed. Everybody see what's happening? An image was erected. The 
the beast forced all the people. This was an image of the first beast. And if you didn't worship that image, you were killed. This calls, it says, for patient endurance. Verse 10, it forced, and this is where a lot of people are like, what is this? It forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands and on their foreheads. Do me a favor right now. Touch your right hand and touch your forehead. So that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. It says this calls for wisdom. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast for it's the number of a man. The number is six. Six, six. I want you to notice something. At least in the United States, those of you who are watching from the United States, those of you who are here. Our language, we have A, B, C, D, E, F, and on, right? We also have numbers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Separate. Numbers and letters. Numbers and letters. This was not the case in the ancient world. They had letters which also served as numbers. So in Greek, for instance... Alpha, beta, gamma, delta, epsilon, one, two, three, four, five. Same thing in Hebrew. 22 consonants in Hebrew, no vowels, number value. Why is this important? This is incredibly important. There was something in the ancient world that was called gematria. Gematria is adding up the numerical values of letters. Um, If you're with your kids, lean over right now and tell them how you picked out their name. You're around. Or just say to yourself, my parents picked out my name by what? What did they do? They went to, they did the same thing which most everybody does. They went to 50,001 baby names and they started flipping through, right? Or there was someone in your family. You wanted to name them after great grandpa, Harry or something like that, right? And uh, in, in our culture, you, you would, sometimes you would ask someone, what does your name mean? And sometimes, I don't know, honestly, my parents just picked it, or this is what it means. In the ancient world, they would ask you, what's your number? What's your number? Here's a video of Lisa and I. We uh, had the opportunity last summer to go to the seven cities in the Church of Revelations. And this is the bottom of the Agora. This is basically the bathrooms of Lincoln Financial Field of the first century. And as you would expect, there was graffiti. And 15-year-old boys are going to be 15-year-old boys, whether it's 2022 or the first century. So there are pictures of wieners and breasts and people having sex and all. It was just on the, you know, all of that. You're just like, you're like teenagers or teenagers, right? But there's, there were a couple uh, uh, pieces of writing that I think might interest you. One said, I love a woman whose number is 1308. Another said, I love a woman whose number is 731. You understood the numerical value 
of adding up all the numbers in your name and you would know the sum total of them. Why is this important? Here's why. In Hebrew, add up the Hebrew letters of the two words Neron Kaiser it equals 666 anybody sort of guess what this is Nero Caesar. Nero Caesar is the first beast. Nero, the persecutor of Christians, the murderer of the apostle Paul, Peter. The Greek word beast, because John says in the name of of it, Therios, beast, is 666. So those of you who have been told in church that there is going to be some antichrist in the future, the beast, that is going to arise and lead the world astray, you need to understand that the beast was Nero in the first century. The second beast was the next emperor after him. More than likely, this is possibly referring, we don't know, to Domitian. Why is this being made? Because Nero viciously persecuted Christians in the first century. People believed that Nero, after he died, came back from the dead. How many of you are old enough to remember what people said about Elvis after he died? Remember that? Some of you are young enough and you remember what people said about Tupac after he died. I saw Tupac over here. I saw Elvis over here. Same thing was taught about Nero. Everyone believed that he came back from the dead. His name and his likeness with the image to be worshipped. Roman emperors were never worshipped as gods until they died. And so you needed the second beast to come along and force people to worship the first beast. Pull out your wallet. Right now, pull out your wallet. Pull out your purse. I need you to grab a, a, a dollar bill or a coin. If you're sitting next to someone and they don't do that, they're the Antichrist. They are. Can you do that? Grab a dollar. Everybody grab a dollar. Hold it up. And I want you to look at the picture on it. This is the Antichrist. Yeah, it's George Washington's $10 bill. I didn't have a $1 bill. This is the Antichrist. What does that mean? In the ancient world, money was propaganda. You would take over a part of a country, you would eliminate their currency, you would issue Roman currency, 
And on that currency would be who? Nero. Domitian, the emperor. Imagine we get into a world war three months from now. The Russians take over our country. Our currency is null and void. They issue Russian currency. And on the face of their dollar bill is Putin. How do you feel about that? That's the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast on the hand and the forehead, which represents the totality of the person, the person that worships the beast has in their essence and person the mark of the beast. And the mark of the beast is Nero or Domitian. Now, this is where it gets scary. It's not scary that Nero was the beast. What's scary is, is that the strategy has shifted. The dragon, Satan, works through beasts or systems to change mass behavior to stop and undermine the spread of the gospel. Permit me to just erase this for a second. This is what's frightening about what's happening. The dragon empowers beasts. There isn't one beast. There have been countless beasts. And there are beasts all over the place now. As John says... Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it's the last hour. This is the John that wrote the book of Revelations. The dragon is empowering the beast. And in Scripture, remember we take the book of Revelations, and then we go to the previous 26 books, how has the strategy changed? What is the beast? What are the beasts? Beast number one. The beast of legislation. What do we mean? Countries, laws, um, police, military, anything that's in a country that can force you to obey those laws. The second, regulation. This isn't the same as laws, but regulation infiltrates our entire world. We'll talk about it in a second. And the third one is repudiation. And I swear to you, I did not try to get these to rhyme. Repudiation is to coerce and make Christians think they're stupid. Or they are not good citizens. They are not good Roman citizens. They are not good Americans because you believe or practice such and such. The first beast, the beast of legislation. In the New Testament, Rome created laws. Every single city that I went to, all of these seven cities had a place where you had to go up to the statue, throw your incense down, and worship the emperor. And if you didn't, what happened? You were killed. 
Today in the New Testament, it's not illegal in the United States, but in other places, it is illegal to become a Christian or they are using legislation, countries, laws, police, and military to stop the spread of the gospel. Last summer, spent a lovely evening on the coast of Izmir with Vitali and Lumaya. They work at Kiev Theological Seminary in the Ukraine. Little did I know that seven months later, but I don't know, seven months later, they're like fighting for their lives. Is Putin the Antichrist? Heck yeah. Putin, you're weak, man. Pick on somebody your own size. You're weak. We pray for you. But you're going to stand before God for what you've done. Number two, the beast of regulation. In the New Testament, they had what they called trade associations. Let's say if you're a silversmith. Um, some of you are Christians, and you remember the Apostle Paul went to Ephesus, and he started converting people. And the people that made little silver idols got ticked. So all the silversmiths grabbed Paul, took him to the Colosseum, and they were getting ready to kill him. How did all the silversmiths get together? Because they were part of association. Today, we call these unions. But there were trade associations that if you were willing to worship Caesar, not only would you be killed, but they're not going to do business with you. Today, when it comes to regulation, we know what regulation is because we always have these letters. The N-E-A. What's that stand for? National Education Association. The A-M-A. American Medical Association. C-C-V. What's that stand for? I don't know. I'm just making it up. I just, there's got to be a C-C-V, CCV out there somewhere, right? There are organizations that attempt to regulate behavior. Facebook regulates behavior. TikTok regulates behavior. Your local school board will regulate behavior. Your boss will regulate behavior. There isn't one antichrist. There are countless antichrists. And all of these people and institutions are neutral. If they are working to not hinder the gospel of Jesus then they're neutral. They're fine. We, had, we don't have a problem with them. But the minute they stand counter to what Scripture is teaching, they then become a beast. Think for a second. What are all the beasts in your life that stand in the way of the gospel? Probably it's easier when you think of the beast of repudiation. These are simply mechanisms to get people to feel stupid they're not, that they're not buying into what the dragon has got the rest of the culture to buy into. The beast of repudiation, Instagram influencers, TV stars, movies, TV shows, books, conferences. Every single year for the life of our church, obviously Lisa and I are big champions of public education. We support our local schools. We, we think it's a good thing that 
you send your kids to public schools. But we also have consistently said, we want you to do what's right for your kid. What's right for your kid may be a Christian school. What's right for your kid is maybe homeschool. You have to do what's right for you. I have to tell you that if our kids were getting ready to go in school right now, I would have serious pause and questions about sending my kid to a school that when you're in the class, the NEA, the AMA, everybody's telling you that little six-year-old gets to choose whether they're going to be a boy or girl. Why does that matter? Normally, if God wasn't in the picture, it wouldn't matter at all. Who cares if it's a consenting person as long as it's not child abuse, which I think in some cases it is. No big deal. But if you're the dragon trying to undermine the gospel, what better way than to institutionalize the fact that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and God created them male and female in the image of God. He created them. What better way than in the beginning of the foundation of your whole educational institution, you're calling that in question. I just, I just use that as one of a hundred different examples of what's going on in our culture. As long as the schools are neutral, as long as school boards are neutral, as long as townships are neutral, as long as presidents are neutral, senators, all of that is neutral. But the moment they begin to undermine your confidence in scripture and your confidence as a believer in what God is doing, they become a beast. The owner of your local pizza shop can turn into a beast. One of your parents can be a beast. This is why John says this calls for wisdom. What's truly scary about is what's going to happen when we're going to talk about next week. God in the first century, Christians were killed because they weren't willing to take the mark of the beast on their person. They weren't willing to buy into the dominant culture. They were willing to lose friends. They were willing to lose family members. They were willing to lose their lives because they were convinced, and we are too, that culture can be neutral, people can be neutral, and systems can be neutral. But the moment they begin to be antithetical to the culture, They are anti-Christ. They are beasts. And we know what happens to disciples of Jesus who stand up to the beast. They usually die. Help us not to shrink back in fear for our lives. Help us to honor you. To keep, as the book of Revelation says, our testimony. To stand firm to stand firm in the truth, to not allow the people who want to gather around themselves, the myriad of teachers who will say what their itching ears want to hear. There will be systems that dehumanize people. We stand against those. There will be systems that seek to destroy people in the name of life, in the name of liberty, in the name of happiness. As your disciples, we stand against these, even if it means it costs us our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thanks for listening to Brian Jones Sermons. For more information and to find similar articles on this topic and more, please go to Brian's website at brianjones.com.